0: Yeah, a lot of breweries are getting board games and stuff now. Jenga seems to be very popular. Jenga, yeah. Yeah, which is a terrible brewery game.
1: Oh, yeah. How many Jenga pieces end up in a glass of beer on a daily basis? Like, honestly.
0: Yeah. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, I think card games are really good for beer breweries. I think that, you know, uh, one brewery that I go to has the game of life. That's really fun to play. That's a great <laughs> well, beer yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, especially because beer is life. Uh, yeah, exactly. 100%. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. I think also, you know, if you're just going to put two of you crib and, and whatever else, but, but yeah, arcade, arcade bars are where it's at. We're living in a digital era. So people, yeah. don't, people don't want the board games as much, but I'd love to, I'd love to get it. If you know of a uh, board game bar in vancouver that still is around and isn't Stormcrow, um because i think they're gone let me know because i'd love to go to one
1: or you just come over to victoria
0: yeah see you next week <laughs> <laughs> welcome to taste bc radio where we're going on a journey to explore restaurants breweries wineries and
1: just about anywhere where we can eat or drink local I'm Jeff. And I'm Dan, and we are talking twice a month about local BC food and drink. If you want to join in on the conversation, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at TasteBCRadio, or email us at host at tastebcradio.ca. All right, tasers, let's get into it. Hey, Dan. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? How's it going? Oh, jinx. (laughs) Yo, Mia Coke. How are you, man?
0: Um, yeah, I'm good. i yeah. anything new with uh, you? Just no, just trucking along. Just, yeah. uh I went to Bellingham again. And again, yeah, and I'm going again next week because it's so easy, and I've kind of unlocked this demon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you exploring different places there? Or are you going to the same spot? Yeah, just
0: no, just going going to some different places, checking it nice. out, um, to get on some recommendations and various places, um. Buying cheap yeah, maybe gas I'll, maybe maybe yeah yeah, maybe I'll collect enough to do a uh taste b c travel show
1: Ooh, episode. dang, yeah.
0: well, with any luck, yeah, but I, uh you go there yeah.
1: enough, I'm sure you would
0: well, I go there enough now i don't I don't see in the first foreseeable future going there this frequently, <laughs> right, but just kind of worked out well that with all the holidays this month or this coming month that I'm able to to make it work, so
1: yeah, yeah. That's good. That school's going well.
0: Yeah, it's going well. We had a TA strike that just started. Oh no today. <laughs> today as we're recording this. Well, yeah, but it also is a full stoppage strike, which I don't know how long it's gonna go, but I have tutorials that are run by the TAs that oh. I now aren't being running. So now I get four hours of my week back, which will be nice. That is nice. Um, and the teachers aren't supposed to take on the work of the TAs, so That means that we're, I guess it's just kind of free time and there's certain things that we're supposed to be doing in tutorials that either we're going to figure out to do on our own or or Mm. I'm not really sure how it's going to affect us. Sure. But as of right now, I'm seeing the the light of it, which is I get to have a a couple hours back every week or four hours back every week. And it's like at good times too, because they have uh, my tutorials are either before or like structured in a way where... I'm not just, like, sitting around the school waiting for my next class or whatever, so... Awesome. Yeah, I get to go to school later or or come back earlier or whatever, so...
1: Yeah, it's nice. That's good. Yeah. Four hours... More time is always a good thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Your your shifts back went well.
1: Yeah, they were really good. It was, like, the first shift... Um, I even find this with holiday blocks, like, uh, it's never, like, it's always, you always feel a bit rusty going back, going back in, and, like, your first couple calls, you're like, okay, like, just getting into the swing of things, and then this was... Like it took me a few calls to get it. Not that I was dangerous by any chance, but I just felt slow and my assessments were slow. And like, right, right, I just, yeah, yeah, I yeah. felt in uh, inherently just slow. Yeah, but I had a couple of calls I had to work quickly and I did, so that, that felt good. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah overall, yeah. it was good.
0: I feel rusty going back to school after a long weekend. I can only imagine <laughs> something <laughs> as important as your job going, yeah. It's uh, I mean, longer
1: than that. Well, and it's, it's it's not like you do the same thing over and over and over again, right? So every call is different, so it's not like you right. can practice the same call over and over and over again. But yeah, actually, the next bit of news from work is I was just offered a regularly scheduled uh, full-time spot in Victoria on the oh, same wow. platoon. And so I, starting November 15th? Yeah, November 15th, I will be full-time regularly scheduled on the same ambulance. For the That's amazing. Yeah. So,
0: same partner, barring vacations and sick and Correct. whatever. Yeah, and you would know your schedule
1: a year in advance, basically.
0: Yeah, let me let me get this right. So, as it is right now, is you're basically filling in for all the stuff. You're working full time, but you're technically scheduled irregular, which means that you don't have the default pattern of two days on, two nights on, four days off. You uh, could be working. Any no. kind of combination of that
1: no so to, um that so that would be the case that can be the case in busier centers uh but I am uh irregularly scheduled on the same platoon, but I always work two days, two nights, but I could be on like different cars uh, right. uh like so I could be on yeah. Uh, and you could
0: be working the 6, to 6.30, or the 7 shift.
1: Correct, yeah. So I could, right. like, day one, I could be on the 6 to 6, and then day two, I'm on the 7 to 7, and then night one. This doesn't really happen where... <laughs> i mean I, i'm pretty regularly scheduled right now in terms of right i i for a whole block i'm on one ambulance which is kind of nice right, right. so but technically usually speak,
0: you're covering vacations or whatever exactly
1: you know? and sick leave or yeah um so it works out now it's just like i am uh seven to seven and that that is like my unit well oh, amazing. 50% of it is mine. The other 50% is my partner's. Yeah. And <laughs>
0: and same car every time. Same car every time. Yeah. So, so you can leave your iPhone charger in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wish.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, they get deep cleaned. Well, not deep cleaned. They get cleaned every, every shift. So I have to still take all of my stuff out, which is fine. It's fine.
0: It's okay. You can survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah, That's amazing. You.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, and to be on the same platoon, so I don't have to learn, I don't have to meet new people. Right. Um, and like everybody knows me on the platoon and so it's uh it's good. It's really good actually. Amazing. And the, my partner is gonna be awesome. So we're gonna have a she was one of my uh preceptors when I was going through the advanced care paramedic program. So that's pretty funny. And what and what does that mean? Uh she was uh so as a student, like I would ride along uh and run calls and she would be the one like giving me feedback and stuff like that, and like so oh, you great. need to work on this, you need to work on that, yada yada, yada. Like
0: mentor or whatever.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So well,
0: yeah, c- c- super great. Congratulations, that's gonna be great. I'm Excited for you. Thank you. So um, there's a a place I wanted to briefly mention before we get into our topic today that uh, I've been to a few times now, and it doesn't really fit into a category for food and drink, but I figured it was worth a shout out uh, because it's technically a bar. This weekend, uh, it was my friend's 30th birthday, and so we went to a place called Greta Bar. It's technically owned by an Alberta company, but now there's a location in Gastown, And it's like a full bar, there's food service, and it's got, uh, it's like an arcade bar, but it's got like full service, uh, food and drinks, and the weekends get pretty rowdy. Uh, There's like a dance floor, you've got, uh, you know, basketball hoops, and um, ski ball, and Mario Kart, and all sorts of great things. Yeah, it's super, super fun place to go. If someone hasn't been there, I highly recommend going. It's... um, uh, it's definitely worth the visit on i think sundays you can play for a certain for a flat rate you can play unlimited for an hour hmm. and you can continue to buy more of those wow yeah and then you just get cards and you load them and the more you put on it the more money you get on it obviously like proportionally yeah. like it's um like bonus or beneficial exponentially beneficial to put more money on it obviously mm-hmm. um but those cards never expire so you can bring them back the next time you go and cool. um yeah, it's it's a really fun time. It's, you know, not something that's worth a full segment, uh, because it, just the way it doesn't really kind of fit into our structure of our our program. But I definitely think it's worth checking out.
1: Yeah, sounds like a game bar. Sounds awesome. It, yeah,
0: it is a game bar. I mean, there's no like video games. Like, yeah, like there's some places in Vancouver where you can like sit down and play N64 or Switch or whatever as well. Um, This is more like actual arcades. There's, you know, like the... Um, down the clown and <laughs> uh, like the basketball and all those those fun ones. I think they have Guitar Hero, but it's like set up right. as like a arcade. Yeah, um, yeah. My my favorite game is Crossy Roads, where you're a little duck and it's basically like an advanced version of Frogger. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's yeah, I think it's it's worth checking out. Uh, super fun and and you know there's lots of great food and uh, other places in the area to go yeah. as well if you um want to go there first or after or whatever um it is a liquor license place so uh, kids aren't allowed in so don't don't try to bring your kids there because uh they won't be allowed in there's better options for that but yeah i think it's one of the better arcade bars in in the city of vancouver so
1: nice yeah that sounds awesome we have like uh we have a quite a number of like i'm sure vancouver does because it's Exponentially larger than Victoria, but yeah. we have a lot of um, board game cafes that are now liquor licensed and stuff like that, where you can right. go in and just play with a bunch of friends and just play a bunch of board games or uh, and stuff like that. And they now have like food and everything, so you can spend like an entire day there, which would be yeah, yeah, entertaining.
0: We had uh we had one kind of small chain called Stormcrow, uh, and mm-hmm. they they had a commercial location and a Broadway location, and I think one other one. And mm-hmm. I think independently of COVID, they actually went out of business. Um, Maybe people were playing games that were too long and they couldn't turn over the, (laughs) no, but it was awesome. They had really good food and drinks and tons and tons of games. It was really good time. But I think it's one of those things where like you don't go every week because it's a unique experience. And so you want to like have like a day to do it or whatever. And so it's a bit harder for them to kind of maintain that regular clientele. But yeah they went down to one location, and I think through Covid that location went out as well just because it was so hard to uh, you know get people in to wear a mask for eight hours to play Dungeons and dragons or whatever so yeah that's a tough yeah it's sell. too bad, <laughs> yeah,
1: but now to back to the topic at hand, the more important topic, which is what are what do you got for me this week?
0: yeah, so we're talking about beer because it's uh it's life, as we mentioned. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> and we're going <laughs> and into I the wanna...
1: most exciting time for beer, which is like exactly, the transition yes. from summer to fall beers. That's right, great. And
0: I've gotten my hands on some pumpkin beers, but uh, when last time I went in Be- when I, last time I went to Bellingham, there was a pumpkin mix pack. And if you've been watching my untapped, I've been plucking my way through them, <laughs> yes, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but back to it. Here we've got. Um, uh, A pretty cool story coming from Old Yale Brewing in Chilliwack. So Old Yale is actually Chilliwack's first microbrewery, and it was started by a man by the name of Larry Kaza. And what he did, as we've seen the story time and time again, was um, he was a home brewer, and he got excited by it, quite obsessed, in fact, and decided to start experimenting with his own recipes. And eventually that led him to deciding to uh, open a brewery. And so he actually bought equipment from Deschutes in Oregon, and they were updating their equipment for their facilities. And so he bought their equipment secondhand and brought it to Chilliwack and opened a little microbrewery, no tasting room, nothing, uh, and just started selling beers. Hmm. And so he was selling beers uh, for about 12 years. Uh, no more than four employees at any given point. Wow. Uh, and then he wanted some capital fund. And so he sold to some investors in the local investors in 2012. And that got a bit of a capital input and they were able to expand a little bit more their, um, servicing and, uh, the amount of beers that they were producing, Uh, And then shortly after that, in 2014, they actually got bought out by a company that is uh, a multi-venture company. So they have a few different options and their leading one is actually a pet food company that distributes to all across Canada. But they decided uh, to purchase this location because they liked what he was doing and he stayed on as the brewmaster at the time. And they... Immediately started looking for a new location, and so they moved a little ways away in Chilliwack and opened a tasting room. And so in 2016, they were able to open uh, on Venture Place in Sumas, uh, the uh, tasting room for of 50 seats, which is their current location now. They started transitioning some of their beers, and people were able to kind of discover them as a tasting room. And so that kind of opened the brewery as we know it today. And then they started serving food in 2017, which obviously started attracting some more clientele. Uh and in twenty eighteen they upgraded by an additional fifty seats in the tasting room. So this wow. great like organic growth happening with this company. Yeah, yeah. Um and then in 2019 they added a airstream converted into a kitchen outside <laughs> so that they had like a full kitchen happening, which is really yeah. cool. Uh all the while they're expanding their beer menus um along the way. Uh and then in 2020, when COVID hit, they built a 120-seat patio. Uh, open air for the outside. So it actually increased their seating by 20 because their in indoors was closed. Huh. Uh and they had this awesome patio. I've been there. It's really cool. The vibe they have kind of like artificial turf down. They've got some like cornhole set up, picnic tables. They've got a like permanent tent structure and then they have uh picnic tables with like um the pop-up umbrellas as well so you can kind of get the vibe you're looking for depending if you want full shade or partial shade or if it's raining or whatever it's still functional um but it doesn't like some places just fully put up permanent tents so that they can maximize the seating regardless of the weather but they just kind of took the hit and decided to do half and half so that it was you know you got the outdoor vibe but you could also be covered in the rain
1: nice
0: when the tasting room was able to open again after covid kind of settled down they maintained the patio and now the seats inside. And so now they actually have 220 seats at that location.
1: Dang.
0: Uh, wow. And then what's really cool is in March, they opened an Abbotsford location. And that one has kind of similar vibes. They've got a smaller patio. It uh, can be converted into solarium, so it can close off. They've got some indoor games. Uh, they've got kind of picnic table set settings inside and a full kitchen built in. F- fully purpose built for that. And next year, they're hoping to open a location in Alberta as well in a, in a town called Beaumont. So huge expansion happening in the last couple of years, which is not really what you see coming out of COVID for a lot of breweries. A lot of them mm-hmm. are still kind of recovering, definitely not expanding. They might be kind of back into growth mode, but not with this massive expansion that we're seeing coming from Old DL Brewing. So it's really cool to see them. I actually went to the Abbotsford location recently and... Their setup there is fantastic. They've got some incredible beers on tap. They're offering a full cooler of a ton of canned beers, tons of flavors that we haven't that aren't available on tap uh, some limited series that they're still selling. Um, the venue is great. They've got a bunch of free parking. Don't get fooled into parking on the road. It is free parking on the road as well, but um, <laughs> we parked on the road and had to walk all the way around. And then we're like, Oh, there's a whole parking lot here. So uh, there's even EV parking or EV charging in the parking lot as well. Oh, so dang. Um, all of this currently is done still with only 44 employees. So they have the two <laughs> locations running That's staff, that's brewers, that's serving, uh, distribution and uh, and kitchen staff as well so quite quite a small team for the amount of size like square footage that they have which is really cool uh and they are of course in the bcls but that they actually only for opening in 2000 it took them 17 years to get on the shelves of bcls wow um not because of quality or anything i think that they weren't necessarily pursuing it but they after the the uh moving the tasting room and and kind of Building that brand a bit more and with the capital infusion, I think they were saying, Well, let's get in the BCLS. And so now you can regularly find them there. I really love their labels. It's, uh, they're usually like one solid color with white writing on it and then some just mountains on the bottom for kind of decoration. Um, very apt of the Chilliwack landscape. So mm-hmm. let's talk about their beers. Let's do it. So uh, they have a um, like a blonde, a mango, pale ale, an IPA, uh, and a stout. And they'll do mix packs, and they kind of come and go in different variations. Then they have a Trailblazer series, which is typically tall boys, often some really fun, funky flavors, often limited series. Sometimes they come on rotation. Oh, sorry. The Four Seasons lineup is the year-round beers, not Mm. representative of Four Seasons. Uh, And then the Trailblazer series is like their limited series. I wasn't clear about that. (laughs) Anyway, so they have a Salted Plum Sour Goza, which is... Sounds incredible. They have strawberry rhubarb sour. They've always got two or three sours going at a time, which is really cool. Um, raspberry lemon drop sour. Those are the three on. oh four. there's actually a fourth passion fruit hibiscus sour. Uh, they have tropical fruited hefeweizen, which I had and it was so refreshing. Just a hint of sweetness, which you normally from half expect a little bit of sweetness. This one was not fighting at it. Like that was not um, overwhelming at all. A brown sugar oat stout, which I think is. I've had before and they also going into the 300 days of rain we're about to get is is a great <laughs> time like it's starting to ch- get chilly out now and so yeah um they've in the past they've done like a watermelon lime seltzer uh lavender lemon blonde ale peach bellini blonde ale they've done some collaborations with some north end breweries with field house you kind of have to keep an eye on What's happening. I'm really excited about some of the coming soon ones. Um, they're bringing back a an old staple, Himalayan salted caramel porter, oh. which is unbelievable. But I'm also really excited about this one, which I don't know if it's new or not, but it's English toffee amber ale. Ooh. So it's like the lighter version of that, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've a number of times had the Himalayan salted porter ale or sorry, Himalayan salted caramel porter it over kind of Christmas time. And it is just such a perfect drink for that.
1: Yeah. Sounds delectable.
0: Yeah. So, so good. Um, yeah. They, they have food available at both locations. Uh, when I went to the one in Chilliwack, it was still being cooked out of the airstream, I believe. And you order inside and you get a little buzzer and then you go up to the airstream when the food is ready. I don't remember what we got. It was a year or so ago. I think it was like 2021 that we went. Um, But I remember it being good. Uh, And then when we went in to Abbotsford, uh, we got the beer cheese pretzel, which was uh, awesome. You know, whenever you go to a brewery to sit down, if they have a pretzel, you got to get it. You have to. Uh, And we got the cauliflower bites and they were... um, they were incredible. (laughs) They were so good. (laughs) Uh, I I was really impressed with the food. I wish I was hungrier and and needed to eat more because a lot of the food looks absolutely incredible. Um, uh, For starters, they've got some, uh, you know, sliders, uh, tacos, um, the pretzel, obviously, your classic kind of starters, um, nachos, whatever else they've got some salads uh they've got some good burgers as well they've got like a fried chicken they've got a hot chicken got three different chicken versions Uh a turkey burger a beef burger and a vegan burger Wow. Uh, and then they have mac and cheese quesadilla um a couple of pizza options and for dessert you can get a s'mores waffle
1: <laughs> Ooh, what yeah oh,
0: and my gosh. they eat they even serve brunch on Saturdays and Sundays from 10 until one as well. Ugh. So, uh, yeah. And you can get, uh, mimosas, beer They have shafts, which are <gasps> amazing. They have a couple other cocktails at the episode location as well. I'm not sure if they're doing them at, at Chilliwack yet or not. Uh, but they're able to have a full bar there, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, every, everything, the whole experience that we had there was, was really great. Uh, they will have, you know, there's, their beer list on the wall and you can, you know, pick for whatever from your, for your flight and just get a whole journey from an incredibly light beer to a, a stronger porter or, you know, a fruity or a sour or a sweet, whatever. They seem to always have a really good balance of different options. So definitely worth checking out.
1: That sounds delicious. I think it's actually against the law in BC to go to a brewery and not try their pretzel with beer cheese. I'm pretty sure. I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's a hundred percent against the law.
0: (laughs) So if you want to go to old Yale in Chilliwack, the original taste, well, yeah, the original tasting room uh, with the giant patio, uh, it's unit 404 at 44550 South Sumas road. And the one in Abbotsford is just off highway one. And it's at 33738 Laurel Street. Mm. Um, yeah, Abbotsford's starting to have a bunch of breweries pop up. And this is kind of like right in the heart of all of those. So it's it's, it's a, definitely an easy place to go check out. All right, Dan, you know what I'm going to ask you?
1: Uh, I I can't remember. You know how bad my memory is.
0: (laughs) What you been tasting?
1: (laughs) I've got a really interesting one for you today, and it's one that I uh, style of beer I don't know if I've ever had before at a brewery that has been in Victoria for a very long time and relatively recently opened up a tasting room. And, like, tasting lounge, I think they call it. And, um... We, uh, my wife and I and son went over to this, uh, uh, to the tasting room cause we hadn't been before. And one of their kind of, uh, one of their feature beers is the one I'm going to talk to you about now. And it's called the Kentucky common. Ooh. And this was a really, really interesting beer. I loved it a lot. It was very, very complex and yet easy to drink. And, oh, it's just delicious. So I'll take you down uh, the Driftwood's description of uh, what this beer is. Uh, So it takes uh, inspiration from the American beer style known as a California Common. Um, And they've kind of twisted it a little bit to make it a little different. So they call it the Kentucky Common. Um, It was popularized by a San Francisco brewery called Anchor Brewing. And the California Common uses a house lager yeast, but ferments it in an unusually warm temperature which gives it like a fruity profile to it and hmm. you definitely uh you can definitely taste it through there to uh, taste the fruitiness through the uh uh through through the beer um so what they did was they used uh that yeast uh that lager yeast with uh ho- sabro hops and a new experimental hop strain which they didn't uh, tell or I can't seem to find which one it is um but the hops are um very oaky uh and so they it kind of gave it a bit of a bourbon uh kind of flavor profile to it which is yeah. why they called it the Kentucky Common it's kind of like the Kentucky bourbon mixed with uh, right. uh with the California Common and um when you smell it it is really interesting it's very peachy i got like a huge hit of peach and then all and also like booziness to it but then when you taste it I found it really like bourbony, but not peachy at all, which is really odd. It was a very—I love the beers where it's like on the nose, it smells like something completely different from what it actually tastes right. like. When when it's done well, obviously that can go very south. It it gives you that kind of warmth of drink, uh, sipping on like bourbon or or a, a different whiskey or something like that. But then the, a nice light carbonated uh carbonation to it and a little bit of fruity and oakiness to it so it was an incredibly complex beer to taste but also just delicious and very crushable so hats off to you driftwood that was fantastic and i hope we hear see it more or i hope we see it again or see it all the time because it's delicious
0: sounds super fun yeah Mm -hmm. With with any luck, it'll still be there. Although, I mean, chances of us being able to go to all these places is pretty slim. So <laughs> who knows? <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. What about
1: you, Jeff? What have you been tasting recently?
0: Well, speaking of Abbotsford, <laughs> I went to a fun little brewery in Abbotsford. And they're I think they're right across the street from the Abbotsford Event Center. Oh, yeah. And they're called Canuck Empire Brewing. Oh. And I think they've only been open for about a year or so. Um, maybe less, and they are a nano brewery. Mm. They have Crib. We nice. played Crib when we went. Uh, they've got a little <laughs> upstairs area. We actually didn't go up there. They've got a couple of small food offerings. They're kind of like where, you know, old DL was when they first opened their tasting room, like 50 seats or whatever. And um, first of all, just as an aside, they had this kind of failed experiment beer where they were trying to make like an apple lager, like an apple juice lager, kind of. Ooh. But then the juice that they added to it had xanthan gum in it, and they didn't know that when they did it, and so it has this weird, like, texture to it, and it's, like, kind of, like, thick. <laughs> xanthan gum is a thickener for cold, cold stuff. And right. so it was like had this, like, kind of, like, thickness to it, and so they started making, like, uh, beer freezies out of it and selling those. <laughs> Pretty cool idea. Anyway, not what I wanted to talk about, but it just a kind of a fun aside. What I did want to talk about was the very first pumpkin beer of the season.
1: Oh. So and this
0: is called the Lost Pumpkin Patch Ale. So this beer was, a lot, a lot of pumpkin beers are quite sweet or, and or quite heavy through malt or, you know, kind of stouts or whatever. Mm-hmm. What I liked about this one is it was just a, there was enough pumpkin for it to be pumpkiny, but it wasn't sweet. It wasn't like a pumpkin pie. Uh, it just had kind of like the nose of clove had some pumpkin in there and it had a little bit of the clove on the finish, but it was still a very light and refreshing beer. It was, you know, it's an ale. Um, yeah. It's quite, it, 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 it looks, you know, comparable to any kind of ale uh, you would get. It, there's nothing, if I were just to see it on a counter, I would never assume it was a pumpkin. Like a lot of them, you can kind of see like um, they have that depth. I would at least assume it's like a stout. Or Porter, whatever. But yeah, super, super refreshing. Really crisp. Uh, really enjoyed it. It was great entry back into the pumpkin season for beer. As this episode is being released in, on October 1st, it is officially pumpkin beer season. And uh, one of the things that the manager of the shop who was serving us um, told me is that they like to release their pumpkin beer quite early. Because typically people won't buy it after... <sighs> november 1st right and there are obviously few exceptions but if you want to get uh the sales to be worthwhile then you got to start it quite early especially at their volume of sales because they're so like a lot of bigger places they can produce a big vat of it and it sells in you know two weeks or whatever But here, if they want to maximize it, they got to start selling it super early. So first one that I saw on the market, even before any liquor stores or anything, and I definitely recommend. So go check them out uh, before an event at the Abbotsford Event Center, and then you can just kind of hobble over to your event and (laughs) full of (laughs) Lost Pumpkin Patch Ale.
1: Nice. Yeah. Love it. I love uh, pumpkin beer season. Yeah. I may or may not have one to talk about next time. Maybe.
0: I love it. I love it. (laughs) But not november 1st or later so, no no so it's no, got to no, be no. next episode
1: <laughs> yes 100 <100%. laughs> percent
0: all right what brewery are you going to tell me
1: about well i am going to talk to you about an older brewery uh, actually one that opened around the same time that old yale did well actually it was open it was opened before but it wasn't quite the same as what it is now uh and that's the brewery is called moon underwater and it, this has been a staple of Victoria, the bar scene, for a very long time. But I'm going to kind of talk to you a little bit about when it started, when it got taken over in September of 2012. So okay. uh, the business was bought in 2012 by four uh, people uh, the brewmaster, Clay Potter, and his fiance, Chelsea, and other friends, uh, Anne and Steve. Uh, all purchased together. Uh, I want to talk to you about because uh, the head, head brewmaster has a really interesting story behind him. Um, so in, Clay was studying uh, biochemistry at the University of Victoria and actually planning on uh, a future in genetics. Um, and then that kind of took a bit of a turn when he got a co-op position as a microbiologist at the local brewery, Lighthouse Brewery, which I think you've, uh, we took you to last time we were, you guys were here. He did, yeah. 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 And, uh, he, not only that, but he learned under the brewmaster, the famous brewmaster in Victoria, Paul Hoyne, who is the brewmaster oh. of the Hoyne Brewery. And he realized upon this, working in this co-op that he wanted to do this for, for a living. So after graduating, he was hired at Lighthouse full-time, and he continue, continued um, to learn under the under Paul Hoyne for, like, the next four or so years, and, and uh, kind of instead of just working his way through, he wanted to get a little bit more education behind him uh, under his belt, and so he applied and was accepted into the uh, Brewing and Distilling Master's Program at Harriet Watt University in Edinburgh, Scotland. Wow. The program itself includes a lot of trips around European countries to discover different um, styles of brewing and distilling uh, from different countries and just to learn uh, different, uh, yeah, the different styles and different ways of doing things and figuring out what works best for you. So he ended up uh, six months into this program, his uh, fiance at the time uh, joined him in Scotland and they fell, both fell in love with like the European brewing and distilling culture. And actually worked in some bars within Edinburgh uh, while going through the master's program. So and then uh, so they came back to uh, Canada, and uh, Clay ended up getting a job at Turning Point Brewery in Vancouver, and where he met up with the uh, uh, with some of the other investors or or, uh, owners, and they eventually uh, saw an opportunity to purchase. the Moon, which was the brewer, the name of the brewery at the time, and cha and uh, so in September of 2012 they purchased uh, it and renamed it Moon Underwater, which is based off of Edgar Allan Poe's an essay that he wrote to the London uh, Evening Standard in 1946, in which but also
0: gives a bit of a homage to the original exactly name of it too exactly right?
1: Right. yeah which is really really neat and uh um kind of a little bit of the backstory of the name in the essay or oh sorry it was george orwell not edgar Allan poe my apologies edgar Allan poe was long dead in 1946 i'm pretty sure it was george orwell
0: <laughs> get your poets right dan
1: i know i know i'm so bad at literature <laughs> <laughs> clearly <laughs> um And as part of the essay, he described what the the attributes are uh, for the perfect pub, which one of them was only the location should be no more than two minutes away from a bus stop, which I thought was really funny. And you know what? That is actually
0: more than ever incredibly valid.
1: Oh 100%. Especially
0: with the densification of the cities that we're having. A lot of people are choosing to opt out of having cars and I think that is incredibly important.
1: <laughs> Absolutely very important for multiple multiple reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and it just so happens that Moon Underwater is across the street from a from a bus stop. So there you go. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he really brings he he fell in so clay ended up falling in love with like the German style of uh of brewing and distilling and so he really brings that into his beers at moon underwater um it, they're very very incredible um like their their pilsners the hefeweizens like kind of their their staples are very very solid and inc- uh, and very very good all are clean crisp t- tasting um exactly uh, quite traditional in their in the uh, german style of uh, brewing um it also of note they uh he tends to uh use 100% uh, his beers are always 100% natural unfiltered and naturally carbonated which i think is pretty cool no oh. so the actual brewery itself is uh, a cool little place. It's got a little bit of uh, kind of a dive bar feel, but not like, but not a sketchy one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's a little bit darker in there. It's very kind of a European style, so it's darker. Lots of, of like music. They do wing nights. They do uh, music vi- bingo on Fridays. They also do these events uh, from time to time where they have a Nintendo Switch or some uh, console, and people can come in and there'll be like a mario kart tournament of uh or something like that and yes uh, yeah super fun place to be um it this uh talking about this around halloween kind of reminded me of a couple of years ago uh we went to moon underwater my wife and i and they had one of their pumpkin beers that was inside like a 50 pound pumpkin that had been uh <laughs> gutted and actually they had put a tap into the pumpkin so you're getting the pumpkin beer from a pumpkin
0: wait this was last year
1: no this is a few years ago i think it was pre-covid okay, I- so it was
0: I think I remember you showing me a picture of that.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I probably yeah. did. I probably shared it on Facebook or something like that. Right, um, right, And it was like we got there fairly late and the beer had been in there for quite a while. So it wasn't quite as carbonated as like you would expect. But, yeah, um, it was still just a really cool experience. And uh, they had uh, Halloween music. People were dressed up. It was just a great, great time we'll talk a little bit about their beers but they've also recently started a uh, distillery literally attached to the uh, the brewery as well which is very oh, very cool uh but their beers currently they've got their their pots pills which is one of their uh highest ranked beers and it has won numerous awards uh multiple silvers three bronzes two golds uh, from 2014 to 2023, uh, during the Canadian Brewing Awards. So very, very well done, Pilsner. Very clean and crisp and beautiful uh, aroma to it as well. One of my favorites from them is their Creepy Uncle Dunkel. <laughs> dark <laughs> Munich Lager. It's a really funny name, and but it is such a delicious dark lager. Oh my gosh, it's uh caramelly it's uh i like the term biscuity because it's kind of got like that cookie kind of flavor to it uh it's a really fair. strong malt uh flavor but it's also like just refreshing and and clean and crisp and oh you can just tell uh that the brewmaster obviously knows what they're doing and it's oh it's so good um their hefeweizen is really good uh as well They're um the one of the their IPAs I love this one as well the boys in the yard passion fruit milkshake IPA it's a beautifully <laughs> balanced juicy smooth tasting IPA that's not too much, too like smack in the face with the hops but just enough to give you a good IPA flavor and, uh, and then the passion fruit is, gives it that kind of, uh, fruitiness to it. So yeah, super interesting. A couple of the ones that I'm I haven't...
0: having fun, not taking themselves too seriously either with to- those names.
1: Totally. Uh, A yeah. couple of the ones that I haven't tried that they've just released recently is their Soryo Kiwi Pale Ale. Ooh. Yeah. This one I'm really interested in trying and I'm going to be looking out for it right now. Uh... <laughs> Not this second, but today, as their puffed daddy marshmallow white stout, oh, hello, really interesting delicious. sounding, yeah. So it's a yeah. it's uh it's defined uh it's brewed as a stout, but without any roasted malts, what malt to it? So it results in a pale golden ale with a thick white head. Locally grown barley and wheat, oat, lactose huh. sugar, and vanilla beans and then create the perfect base for 400 pounds of marshmallows. <laughs> 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 this sounds bonkers and I uh, I will have I'll probably have to do a what did you try this week? On this one, because this sounds yeah, you'll have, absolute, have to report back for sure 100%. Yeah, it's a lot of marshmallows. That is a lot of marshmallows considering how <laughs> light they are. Last one of note that I actually have tried, and I just realized that I uh, forgot to uh, mention this one, but a really interesting sour which is their mango sea salt and cardamom sour. And it is exactly how it sounds it is mangoey, salty, and a cardamom flavor it gives it a really interesting. Uh, flavor profile to it and it's also lactose free so there you go amazing yeah you sound like you had a question
0: no i i i just recently had i can't remember what the cardamom was i think it was mango cardamom as well oh, at nice. old yale so it's funny that you said that
1: I'll have to
0: look. It was cardamom something, but I'm pretty sure it was mango cardamom as well. Oh, that's, really but I think good. it was a uh, heifer or ale or something. Yeah. Hmm,
1: fair enough. Yeah. Delicious. Very, really interesting. I, I, I quite enjoyed that, uh, that flavor in a beer. It was really, it's really refreshing and, uh, just interesting. And, uh, you yeah, know, for me, sure. I like an interesting beer
0: and a good mango
1: and a good mango. So perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh I won't go talk about this too too much, but I do want to mention their uh, their distillery uh, that recently, uh, relatively recently opened up, uh, because they have some really interesting sounding uh, gins, vodkas, and whiskies. Um, So they do a citrus gin, a blueberry gin, an orange vodka, and a spruce tip gin. But they also do a Hmm. cacao single malt whiskey and a dark cherry single malt whiskey as well. So, and a Yuzu Gin, which is just, again, just really interesting. The, um, yeah. Oh, there was one other, one of their whiskeys that they do. It's kind of an interesting, um, kind of switch, because normally you see uh, imperial stouts that are a- aged in a, uh, in a whiskey barrel. Well, this, yeah. uh, one of the, there it's called the three sheets to the moon cast strength whiskey, and it's actually stored in a Russian imperial stout barrel, which is kind of funny. So it gives it a big coffee v- vanilla note backwards. So it's kind of backwards. Yeah. Yeah, or it's probably gone back to what it started as because it probably was a whiskey barrel for the Russian Imperial Stout and then it's like, right, like store. Anyway, haven't tried (laughs) them, but they're delicious. And one of their uh, I'm sure they're delicious, I should say. Uh, One of the things that the distillery is really known for is their shaft flights. So they do these... Okay. One... Yeah. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> so their latest flavors of their for their uh, shaft flights is pumpkin spice, caramel chai latte, raspberry chocolate, and white chocolate marshmallow. So just, yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, and are they open on the weekend?
1: Yes, they are. They're open, okay. I think, every day.
0: All right. I know what we're doing. <laughs> That's... That's skyrocketed to the top of the list.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Quite quickly, I'm sure. Uh, Going back to their beer, they really... Love the idea of having uh, local suppliers and especially uh, I think probably benefits them because of the uh, global supply chain issues that are going on now. So 98% of their uh, malt for their beer comes from a farm in Sanichton, which is, again, cool. the area kind of where you get off the ferry on the island. So really, really cool. And uh, they try their utmost to support local farmers and uh, And they do quite a good job of doing it, it sounds like. 98% of their malt, which is pretty cool. That's great. Yeah. And then the same place that they get their uh, Kentucky corn and grains for their whiskey and spirits. So super super awesome. cool. They also have quite a ex- quite a large uh, food menu for when you're hungry. Uh your classic uh classic kind of bar-, bar food, right? So you have your wings which are delicious by the way. Super good wings. Uh they're not they have nachos, masala cheese fries. They do poutines, burgers, soup, salads, they ta- they do tacos and then they have some uh, uh they do a vegan rice bowl. As well, and yeah, just uh, something for everybody. Uh their halibut fish and chips uses their pot's pilsner to further batter, which is great. I love I love that. I don't know Makes if sense, I've yeah. ever had them, so I should try them next time we're there.
0: Sorry, you said that the um distillery and brewery are kinda of side by side.
1: They're literally attached to one another. Yeah.
0: Oh okay. So if you go to the distillery you can still order the food?
1: Uh I believe so, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, full pub menu is available.
0: Can you order can you order like the liquor drinks in the brewery and brewery drinks in the distillery.
1: Oh, that's a good, co- I know you can get the cocktails and stuff in the, um, in the brewery or in the, the bar, I guess, or yeah, brewery. Um, uh, but I'm not sure if the other way, I imagine you should be able to, I can right. see a picture. At of least, it, at least it's a do. selection of them or whatever. Totally. Yeah. And cool. the patio is dog friendly. So just another, Oh yeah. And they ship their, uh, spirits, uh, Canada wide. So there you go. Wow. Amazing. I know what you're getting for your birthday. <laughs>
0: a shaft plate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Keep facing up. <laughs> <laughs> so for all of your food, beverage needs, uh, Moon Underwater is a perfect spot for everybody. Obviously very close to a bus stop, so there's that. So you're not driving home after uh, dabbling in some shaft flights and delicious beer Um, and some delicious food, all uh, locally sourced as well, or at least 98% locally sourced. So that's pretty awesome. And a cool backstory to boot. So this place ticks all the boxes. If you find yourself in and around the downtown Victoria area and you want to stop for an amazing shaft flight or some of their incredible beers, Moon Underwater Brewery is found at 350B bay street victoria
0: perfect
1: well that about wraps
0: it up for this leg of our journey
1: taste bc radio is recorded edited and produced by jeff wilson and me dan kavanaugh
0: you can continue the journey and check out everywhere we talked about today in the show notes and our taste bc map make sure to follow us at taste bc radio on instagram and facebook and we'd love to have you join our community on patreon you can now also join our group on untapped links are in the show notes
1: Tune in next time to find out what we will be tasting next. And never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app. In the meantime, make sure to rate and review the show. This really does help us grow, and we really do appreciate the feedback.
0: Until next time, support local and keep, keep it, it tasty. tasty. Nice. Sorry, one sec. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> I was trying to figure out what that noise was. I don't know if you heard it. No. But I, I go into the living room to see like what's why there's like so many voices, and there was just like an army of children just walking down the
1: greenway,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they're like on this like big. It was like a daycare or something, and they're yeah. like on this like big like. Oh, they're all like attached to the rope, and like the yeah. one like leader is like do 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 do. It was not what I was expecting to see. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay.